So what we, uh, what we wanted to spend some time with today, that's a part of what we're going to celebrate, obviously yep. having you back safe and sound, which is Yay. wonderful. You know, the Israel is actually so nice. I think yes. that the media may, like, paints it as a very you scary or sites. dangerous place. Um, but at one point, we were like walking around at 2 o'clock in the morning just like exploring, and the people, like, people are out and people are nice, and yeah, it's amazing. amazing. It's an amazing yeah. place. I feel like everybody should go. I didn't feel like that always. I kind of felt like, meh, you know. <laughs> but I was actually nervous because I'm thinking it's going to be so dangerous. You know, you're thinking there's a possibility I'm going to get bombed or a car bomb. It is not like that. It was a lot more dangerous to get you to the airport. It really was. It was a <laughs> hundred miles more dangerous. Uh, Indeed. Yeah. It was so good. May my truck rest in peace. May it rest in peace. Those of you who have not heard that story will not be hearing it today. No. Maybe we'll post it to Instagram or something. Maybe, yeah. Maybe a day when it's less tender in my heart, <laughs> my poor truck. And so we're going to spend some time today uh, kind of chatting a little yeah. bit about uh, LCSM. As many of you know, there is a ministry that operates, if you drive by here anything other than Sunday mornings, you wonder why the parking lot is so jam-packed with cars. Yeah. So much activity and people maybe walking around or marching around or strutting around the building, depending yeah. on when you're here. <laughs> All of those type of things you're wondering, man, that is definitely a cult, that place. No, you're not wondering. <laughs> Sorry, you know, I, uh, praise the Lord for Amy's testimony, you know, still touching my heart. Uh, what goes on here, Monday to Friday... Uh, as many of you probably know from personal experience or maybe somebody that's in your family that goes and attends our, our school of ministry here, um, there is a program, a full-time program that runs here, 9 to 1, uh, that yep. they're in class and prayer and different activities like that. And then from 1 o'clock until 4 o'clock or so, depending on what ministry assignment they have, they're here working and doing many of the things that we all enjoy as a, as a congregation. Yep. Many of those things are accomplished by the talented and spiritual and intensely committed hands of these people who are engaged in our Light City School of Ministry. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to kind of share a little bit around that. Well, I'm going to tie it in a little bit with uh, Pastor Alex's trip. Um, because we, uh, one of the things, or one of the mandates of the Light City School of Ministry is not just to turn out a whole bunch of Bible scholars, right. although yeah. we're super happy if we've done that, but also that, that there has been a transformation in the very nature of who they are as people. Yeah. Uh, the reason that I say that is, uh, as part of our covenant teaching, many of you know we're really going to be digging in with some power shovels for, to understand this, this, this place we have in the New Testament as covenant people. Um, but one of the things that I am very sensitive to and very aware of in this process that we're in is that everybody covenants to something. Yeah. You know, perhaps you think that you're deciding whether you want to be covenanted or not. Um, and really, that's not the case. When we are, uh, we've talked about it kind of on the whiteboard in previous times, uh, you know, that when we go through this transformational time as young children, we, you know, separate from God, we, you know, steal a cookie or we do something like that, but that's a knowing sin and we separate from God. We don't even realize that that's happened. Uh, but as a result of that, we have this weird feeling on the inside of us that we are weak, vulnerable, and alone. Mm -hmm. And it keeps going and, you know, it kind of has this uh, craving then in our hearts to find some way of taking control of this future of ours Mm -hmm. that gets increasingly difficult to control right. or to even understand. Uh, and then as we, tr you know, we get older, we're now 10 years old or starting into our teen years or whatever, and we're starting to realize that the world that we thought was very simple, you know, you wake up, mommy makes you breakfast, then mommy gets you bathed, and then mommy takes you to school, and then mommy gets you lunch, and then mommy gets you dinner, and then mommy puts you back to bed. You're <laughs> realizing that the world's a bit more complicated <laughs> And that perhaps mommy isn't going to be always doing those things for us. And so we say, I think I need somebody else. Because I know I'm weak, vulnerable, and alone. At least that's my perception of myself. And so I start hunting around all over the place for something that I can connect myself to that is going to give me this sense of security 
And I typically, especially in the North American culture, Alex can share some stuff that's maybe a little different than that. But for most of us that grew up in a North American culture, the, the concept of mammon was the, what, you know, what was most easily available to us and really promoted into our lives. And it's not that these things are bad, like things like you know having money in your bank or having an education or having a skill that you've developed or you know, a real estate portfolio or you know maybe a dot com or whatever it is that you went after in order to give you this sense of security. The problem was is that it was based on our sense of being weak, vulnerable, and alone. And I became, I needed that thing. Mm-hmm. And I was willing to compromise in any way necessary in order to get that thing that I so desperately needed. Yeah. Now, when you go into that place where you, in a sense, sell yourself, which, which we, we, there's nobody in this room that, you, that it did not make that decision in some degree or another. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And so when we are coming into the place with God, we're, we're thinking, you know, I'm my own man. You know, I'm an independent person. I'm making my own decisions. And I just happen to like Calvin Klein jeans and Prada boots. And (laughs) no, they taught you all that. Nobody comes out of the womb desiring Prada. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) You have such a great sense of style that the only thing that can possibly satisfy you is a Dolce & Gabbana scarf. No, that's, they taught you that. And so... When we are coming to the Lord, uh, what we have to contend with is the fact that we have all made that other decision. To some Mm -hmm. degree, mammon fills that whole world and it creates this covenant experience where we have determined, like what God says, those who you are subject to obey. Mm -hmm. Those are your masters. That's who God is to you that that person that you are subject to obey. And so a lot of people, and Amy even kind of mentioned it even in your testimony this morning, that you know, if you're going to go the education route, then you can't, you can't sidestep in the middle there. You have to keep going along that process in order to get the benefits of that world. Now, yeah. please don't hear me saying that I don't believe in education, or I don't believe in bank accounts, or I don't believe in real estate. I believe in all that stuff. I do not believe that we go after it in a covenant way, which most of us, because we had no substitute, most of us did do that. And that, then what we have is we have this journey, which LCSM, as we, as we kind of tie all this together as we go forward, one of the mandates of LCSM is to help people at least identify the life that God had for me was not a, a, a life, gosh, can I use this word? Um, no. A life where I just run around on the street can I use it that way? He, his life was me as a, as a chaste bride yeah. for his purpose and for my relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Coming back through this journey of saying, I'm so committed over this way, it's kind of my life story, yeah. was I'm trained up in the world. Of, I mean, I'm a businessman and I'm trained in those things and I'm a economics guy. I've got the whole mammon thing down to a jigsaw puzzle. And I'm just busy putting all my pieces together. God help you if you came and stole one of my pieces. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a bad day. Yeah. And so making that transition or getting rid of all of those ways of thinking, not that I don't still think those things and have understandings in those areas. I'm not, I didn't have my brain removed. But it had to come into the place where it was subject to this covenant that I have with God. Mm-hmm. And now it is I have glasses in order to help my day, but I'm not, uh, they're not my God, mm-hmm. right? I could live without these things. I just need God. Yeah. And so the journey becomes about making this, what we thought was a super easy transition. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm in super, um, my life is completely upside down. I'm messed up in every dimension that you could possibly imagine. So I've finally humbled myself to the place where I'm willing to go and at least give God a try. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something in that weird building over there that might help me. Mm-hmm. And then I get in the door, I pray a quick prayer, and then shazam, everything is supposed to be magical from that moment on. Yeah. It, and it didn't necessarily go like that. Instead, we've realized that in order to go from all the way over that way to all the way over that way, yeah. 
completely transition in my worldview, it really does take quite a bit of effort and process yeah. in order to accomplish that. And so LCSM yeah. really falls a lot into that level of things. And it's not unlike Jesus. If you, uh, if you're in, if you flip with me to Matthew chapter 9, when Jesus here is meeting this fellow, Matthew, and it says, as Jesus passed on from there, this is when he was collecting his disciples, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. He was a tax collector. And he said unto him, follow me. And Matthew went home and considered his options and <laughs> looked at his portfolio and saw if it consulted his guru. No, he didn't do it. He just arose and followed him. Yeah. And so a lot of that, it's a weird thing, because, and it's funny that of all of the stories of the disciples gathering to Jesus, mm -hmm. Matthew's story is mentioned in three out of four of the Gospels. Yeah. I think because Matthew had a good job. Yeah. Matthew was doing really well as a tax collector. That was one of the boss jobs in that world. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were all probably marveling at the fact that he made this kind of a decision to literally walk away from his job just because Jesus invited him to come. And I think that's a lot of the heart of people that I've noticed that come and connect themselves to Light City School of Ministry is that, you know what, I got there's all this stuff that's going on in my life, but I can tell there's a witness in my own heart that says, I really need to take this time with God. I really need to stop you know, pedaling on the treadmill for a little bit of a moment and come in and just say, okay, let me get all of this stuff straightened out first. Yeah. Otherwise, I could see myself pedaling for a long, long period of time. Yeah, and another thing that I, I realize is that we read these scriptures, uh, one of the main reasons why I feel like people should go to Israel um, is simply because there's a real understanding that you get of the scripture when you understand what the culture is like. Because one of the things that I was so surprised of when I was there is that their culture really is still the same today as it was when, you know, they, this story in the Bible would have been written. And how I think sometimes in our culture, we see this story of all the disciples and Jesus calls them and they just drop whatever they have. You know, and I think about that, like you're talking about this with, you know, in, in this scenario with Matthew and we talk about Peter, where Peter would have probably been successful too, because his fishing enterprise had multiple boats, but it was like, you know, when Jesus called them, it was like a moment and they left. And I think for me, it was always when I saw these things, I was thinking like, oh, you know, well, that was back then. You know, like the rabbis were the high people in society. And so that was back then. But going there, what I realized was really even what, what, what it, you know, there's some people, the Jewish people, they have kind of like a range of what they all are. Like some people are super devout, but even the secular Jews, because we got to talk to some secular Jews there and we got to speak with one lady and she was like, I'm like the secular of the secular Jews, right? So we're talking about like, she would have been like the, the, the least believing God in their society, but still there was such an intense um, like reverence for the nature and the word of God. Like they say that even if some people don't abide by some of like the, you know, they may not do like the Sabbath or they may not go to church all the time, but still like even the most secular of people still will observe like the feasts and they still have the mentality of Christianity because they have this understanding of covenant that they have to the Lord. And, you know, as I'm thinking about this, I'm realizing that, you, you learn so many amazing things about, you know, the, the Jewish people. And one of the things is, is that this is the lifestyle that they live. Like they believe that it's God and their covenant with God first. Like when you see the way that they raise their children, one of the things that I loved was that this is literally what they do is they have these, like the, the letters, which would be like the words of scriptures. And when the, the children are young, what they do is they, they're these edible little words and they will take them and they will dip them in honey and they will literally give them to their children. To the, so, and essentially what they're doing is, is they're creating such a draw 
to the word of God. Like, like when they are, are, are in their feasts, what they're doing is, is like when they do their Sabbath, they call it Shabbat. And what they do is that the parents will, will like give their kids like literally all the sugar possible. Like you should see, we got to do Shabbat with one family and the kids were like literally like out of their minds, okay? <laughs> And it was simply because the parents, they, they create right. this attraction to following God, like intensely, like the, the only way that I would say it is like, they're literally brainwashing their children. And at first it challenged me until you realize what the, 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 the Jewish people do. Okay, so you have to think about this. I'm pretty sure that the total Jewish people in the whole world is something crazy like 12 million people, okay? 12 million people, like in comparison to 7 billion. Yeah. But did you know that 75% of the Nobel prizes for ingenuity and yes. enterprise are given to the Jewish people? Hmm. That the majority of things like the iPhone was actually created by Jewish people. Like the advancements and technology in medicine, in enterprise, that this group of people that's literally like you know, half the size of Canadians, you know, but they are the ones who are advancing the world. And yeah, one of the wow. things that they say, they, you heard they have these sayings all the time. And one of the things that they say is, you know, Gabe, I'm thinking of you, right? And you probably know this, is they say that the Jews kept Shabbat and Shabbat kept the Jews. And really what they're talking about is, is that because they, you know, regardless of the depth of their conviction, first of all, they live in covenant with God. And you realize that, like, they're so unapologetic about that they're God's people. It's almost like funny. Like, it's, it's arrogant to the place where they basically, like, feel like they are, they are God's chosen people and they are first. But I tell you something, in their understanding of covenant and in their desire, you know, this is the thing is that it's, 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 it's almost like I'm having a hard time talking about it because it's so challenging. Like, they, they live this where when Jesus said, you know, better that you lose your life in him, they have an understanding that in God, like keeping the Sabbath, they understand that we're going to give God a whole day. But in response to that, they know that God is going to do more in their life yeah. than they could have done on their own. And, and their life is, you know, like Tel Aviv, when you get to go there, you fly into there if you ever go to Israel. Tel Aviv is one of the most technologically advanced cities that you go to. Like it's beautiful. Like they literally have built skyscrapers on sand dunes. Okay, like, I mean, you see the picture of what it was 70 years ago, and it was like sand dunes. It was nothing. And in 70 years, the amount that they have been able to do, and they attribute the whole thing to the fact that they live their life in this place. That when God asks them to do something, they don't see it as an obligation. They see it as like when they keep the word of God, God keeps them. When we take a look at some of the things that, you know, it's, it's a little bit of an extreme environment when we're dealing with the Light City School of Ministry, but uh, all of us, whether you attend or whether you don't attend, are all uh, supporting yeah. the program that is going on back there where people are being empowered uh, to make the journey from one side to the other in, in as, as expeditious a way possible. Uh, obviously, you don't have to go there in order to do this, but the intensification of, of engaging in that program, whether you're just praying for somebody who's in the program or whether you're part of the program yourself, we're recognizing that the journey that, that we have to make as people who didn't start out yeah. the way that yeah. the Jewish people did, where they are born into this yeah. world where the co their covenant with God, they, they're told as small children yeah. that they are the chosen people, that they're the children of God, that they are, and there's all of these heritage things right. that are being told to them that gets their focus right as human beings yeah. that say we are God's people. They have that covenant with God. They may not understand some of the things even that we understand, but they have this starting place. Yeah. 
what we're trying to do in the kingdom of God is come back to that That's spot. Right. Having gone all the way over there first, yeah. now we have to find our way through yeah. the muck to get all the way back here again yeah. because yeah. this is where we want to yeah, start. Yeah, and this was, that was the thing that was so apparent when you're there is that like this, because I think that sometimes we could do that. We can hear this stuff and we hear the scriptures and we read the stories um, but I feel like sometimes we have a hard time connecting. And But being there, what it showed me, like, I mean, in only 10 days, it was like you realize that, like, the greatest endeavor of life is that we would understand this reality. Because, like, the their awareness of the miracle-working power of God was, it, like, unlike anything that I have ever experienced. And it was simply because of, like, what you're saying. Like, they lived what we would say LCSM, this is what they live for the first like years of their life. Like they go to school six days a week and their school system is that they learn, yes, they learn math and science, but a big part of their school system is that they learn with a deep understanding what it means that they're not individuals. They're not trying to do life individually. They're not trying to figure things out. The biggest thing that they learn in their school system first, you know, before they learn one plus one, they learn that, 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 you know, with God, one plus one can equal whatever God needs it to equal, right? And they're taught to believe just as much as we, they believe in the concrete, they believe in the miraculous, miracle-working power of God. And this is like what they're trained in from the place of like, we got to do Shabbat with like, literally like a three-year-old kid but it's like this child is being taught and trained yeah, yeah. with an understanding that God has chosen you and he's going to walk with you and be with you through every situation. And so now when these people grow up and they face impossible situations, it's like they're literally like this is it's baffling. OK, with all of the stuff that they've gone through, they're literally not bothered. Like they're really the most persecuted people group on earth. But when you go there, it's like happy and they're singing all the time. It's actually annoying, okay? Because like you go anywhere and they're singing and they're dancing and they're partying. But it's like you want to remind them. Like you do realize that every country that's surrounding you is literally trying to kill you all the time 24-7. But it's like yeah. in their mentality, it doesn't matter because they understand that God, yeah, wow. like this is the thing, like yeah. God is with us. And because God is with us, He's preserving us, even though the whole world would want to take us out. It's like their awareness is like, they don't even care. You know, like they walk around the streets all the time and they're not bothered one bit. Even though when you go there and you realize the statistics, like we're talking about like they're 12 million or 13 million people, but there's like hundreds of millions of like people from all the other countries that are surrounding them all the time with like nuclear capabilities and rockets and bombs <laughs> and things. And they're just like happy-go-lucky, yeah. like dancing and singing everywhere they go and having a good time because their awareness is that God is with them. I remember if you go back to the news cycle you left on this i think on a what wednesday. Did you leave? wednesday wednesday if you look at the news cycle from that sunday tuesday, monday tuesday wednesday yeah you'll remember that somebody was shooting rockets yeah. into uh israel and they the iron dome was catching them in the sky and the pieces do you, do you remember the story the pieces of the rockets the people were skiing down mount hermon which is yeah. on the north side of israel there yeah. they were skiing down mount hermon and these bits and pieces from rockets were kind of yeah. coming <laughs> landing like it's crazy now. and that was the day i'm putting my son on yeah. the airplane yeah. to go there but you go there though you go there so and I, you'd never right, but know but we don't think like no, that you would right? never I'm know scared the to send you yeah. Right? I'm not scared. I'm just no. aware, aware of okay god There's i really need you that are flying through the air right now okay <laughs> Okay, but they're singing and dancing while rockets are falling. Yes. Okay, and not because they don't know that rockets are falling. They're singing and dancing because they understand their covenant with God right. and that God has kept them. Like they're the, the, really the oldest people group in the whole world who've kept their culture. Like you can read through the scriptures and go there now and it's the same. Okay, right. because they understand and they've been preserved through being scattered through the whole world. Yeah. But they're exactly the same because they understand that God is what they know in the deepest part of them, which is like why LCSM is so amazing and really with what we're trying to accomplish this year is that what their, their mentality towards life is challenging because things that we would like, you know, faint and fall to them <laughs> is nothing. 
right. is literally nothing. Right. And so the focal point, we tried to identify him and I when we came back, when he came back, is what are the main tenets? Like what are the pillars yeah. that we want to make sure that as Light City continues to develop and it's got a long way to develop still, is that what are the pillars that are established in that, that ministry or that time that all of those individuals gather together and they spend, what are they trying to accomplish? And the first one uh, was really knowing God. Yeah. Uh, and that would seem funny. Well, that seems like a no-brainer. But you know what? As I notice ministry in a North American context, most people don't come to God because they want to know him. Hmm. They mostly come to God because they need something from him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we have this weird mentality. Yeah. They, the, the, maybe, well, you can speak about what you saw, but when I see people come here, it's not like I just woke up one day and I said, you know what, God, I really just need to know you. I feel this deep craving in my heart yeah. to know. That's not why we come. Yeah. We come because, you know, God, I've got myself into a significant pickle right now. And so you, I, you're the only one. I need a miracle of miracles at yeah. this moment. Yeah. And I, you're the only guy I know that does miracles. So I got to find you. So what do you right? say? Like, you going to help me or what? But the problem is, and this has been a cultural thing for us as New Testament Christians, is yeah. we, God in his mercy and his grace, yeah. he meets us in that miracle yeah. because he's just so happy that we came. Yeah. The problem is then we get our miracle and then, oops, yeah, I went, uh, Sunday. I, I used to do something on Sundays. And I, what was it that we used to, yeah. we're gone and they're gone, yeah. right? Instead of what makes a lasting journey and as Amy suge suggested in her video, that as you grow in this awareness and the knowing of God, it yeah. actually creates a whole different style of life that you experience. Yeah. And it's something that comes out of the very depths of your very being. Yeah knowing and having an end goal that says what i really want to accomplish is i would like to know god yeah absolutely you know your your scripture out yeah. of philippians yeah that comes to mind it, and it really i think that that scripture really like god drove home while i was there you know how you know paul says i want to know you in the power of your resurrection and in the fellowship of your sufferings you know and that scripture i always said it and i always say that it's my favorite scripture because it's like really nice but I realized very noble that it's sounding. very noble, yeah. <laughs> but I realized a lot of the times is like, I want to know God in the power of his resurrection. Yeah. You know, right, I do. Right. And I feel like the North American church really is centered around that. And, and like, that's an amazing aspect inside of God. But you know, one of the things that I realized when I was there is that they want to know God in the power of their resurrection for sure. You know, like that's real, you know, even though some of them don't necessarily believe in Jesus, they want to know God in the good times. Right. But what challenged me about the people is that they equally want to know God in the bad times. Right. Yeah, wow. It was like this thing, you know, we, I, I, you know I, I was forced to go to the Holocaust Museum, which, you know, was, I really had to be drugged through there because, you know, I, sometimes you don't want to deal with humanity, you know. But I'm so thankful that I went because of hearing the stories that happened. And, you know, they are an unbreakable people. Yeah. Mm. It, 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 and when you get around them and you hear the stories of what they've gone through, they are, un, like, the only way that you could describe them is that they're unbreakable. You know, when you see, you yeah. walk through the Holocaust Museum and it's like, you know, you want to basically, like, close your eyes as you walk through because you don't want to deal with the, like, the horrific tragedy that this people group had to be for yeah, yeah like i mean like we're talking about six million jewish people were like murdered through the through the years where there was the concentration camps and whatnot and just in the most brutal of fashions but you know what they talk about constantly through the seasons is through uh, like eyewitness accounts and we had the amazing privilege to meet a holocaust survivor and it was just amazing and mm -hmm. and to hear her perspective even it's like it challenges you you know because like you want we as humanity like i think that we want to stay broken sometimes and we want to stay full we want to stay stuck in those things but we're talking about this young this woman who's now older but like her meant the mentality that she has about even the story like she wrote a book and it was like the woman with many mothers or something like that where basically it was like she didn't she her mom was it's i don't even want to get into the story but <laughs> her mom was basically like murdered in a concentration camp may she rest in peace and like you know this woman she was raised by all these different women and was so young like we're talking about like a five-year-old girl 
and she didn't know that it was actually any different. She thought that this was everybody's story. Like, everybody has a bunch of moms. But it was literally like she, she would have a mom, and the mom would die. And then she would get another mom, and that mom would die. And she would get another mom, and that. And like, when you think about this, you're thinking like, oh, dear Lord. Like, how does somebody make it? But like, she's telling her story, like giving glory to God. And it's like, you're so challenged, but you also realize that when you're in covenant with God, it yeah. creates an unbreakableness on the inside of you. Yeah. And that was the thing that I saw when I was there is that like in the good times and in the bad times, like you, they give eyewitness accounts of the Jewish people when they would be in these concentration camps. And one of the things that would bother the Nazis so much is that like these, the people would be like, like we're talking about like they wouldn't eat like at all, it, it, like to the place where you just wouldn't eat and then you die. Like, not like we're going to give you a little bit of rations. You would go to the concentration camps or the work camps, and you just wouldn't get fed at all. Like, they had no value for human life. But one of the things that bothered the Nazis so much is that the Jewish people, regardless of how bad their conditions were, they sang and worshiped God. Wow. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Okay. And it was like this, when I walked through the desert, you know, where David, it's so strange, like you walk through the desert where David would have wrote the Psalms. And you realize, like, sometimes we think about the desert, like, oh, that's so sad. But I mean, like, this is the desert, like dry, barren wasteland. No, it was, it's not a sandy beach. It's like rocks and rocky. And you were walking around and it's dry. And you realize that it was like, you get this picture in your head of how in the good times and in the bad times, it was like their condition their external condition did not change their internal understanding of the goodness of God. Like whether I'm in, whether I'm like walking around the luscious shores or in the promised land, or I'm in the, you know, cutting my feet on the dusty, dry, barren wasteland, the one thing that does not change is that I understand that God is good and that God is for me, right? Yeah. And this is what sustains them throughout all of history is that no matter how much people try to oppress them, no matter whether they're scattered on the four corners of the earth, their mentality, like, man, they are just that's, like unbreakable. That's the power of covenant. And, and, and the power of knowing, like not like head knowing, like they were raised. Like what I love about LCSM is that the process of incubation, like it forces the picture of God that yeah. you have on the inside of you to change. And really, you know, when Paul says, you know, that like you'll, you'll reap if you faint not, you know, and you realize like he's probably talking about this in a desert somewhere, yeah. like legitimately trying not to faint yeah. because he's, you know, walking through and there's no water. But you realize something that on the inside of myself, my biggest objective in life like this people group who 75% of the Nobel Prizes, the richest people in the world. Like we, like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Hopefully Bishop Robert Stearns isn't watching this. But Bishop Stearns had a meeting before we went to Israel and a Jewish businessman wrote him a check, I think for $250,000 just mm -hmm. to take the next group of, next groups of people on this journey to Israel. Yeah. Why? Because they're special? No. Yes, they are. They're so special, actually. <laughs> and they're amazing. <laughs> right, Gabe? Like, Alex, you are, yes, you are special. I said right. to Alex yesterday, I wonder, are you, are you considering getting <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, again, right. you know? But this is the thing, is that they have an understanding. Yeah. Like, secular or, you know, like the rabbi, it's, there is an indwelt understanding that they know, like, they know that they know that they know yeah. God. Yeah. Which is so amazing. And so the second point is Alex said that he was going to be <sighs> the short one today. Yeah. Um, the second point, although we're blessed, we're so blessed by what you're sharing with us. Because you know what we have to be able to do is be able to find, the, you know, what is the value? Because mm -hmm. when, when it comes to covenant, covenant means I'm 100% in. Right? Yeah. We had some of those challenging teachings last year. And a lot of the times you're thinking, you know, why would I give everything for such a small thing, right? So I can go to church on Sundays. Instead of realizing, wait a minute, there is a complete different world yeah. 
that is available to me, but it's only available through this one doorway. Yeah. And that's what we're, we're, we're noticing and what LCSM and really what we all yeah. do around here is to begin that process of fleshing out, how do we get from here to there? Yeah. Because we can all tell that's where we all want to go. Absolutely. And so the second part of it really would be, the uh, first part would be, you know, to know God, but the second part would be to become like him. Yeah. You know, we're all recognizing in our own selves, if we're honest with ourselves, we all recognize that there's a whole bunch of places in our own being that we would say, I'd really like to be a little bit more like Jesus. I'd yeah. really like to be more like uh, what he was like. And so, you know, and I, I think that was a lot to do with when we take a look historically at the, the discipleship model. And that was, you know, that when Jesus would invite people to come, he wasn't inviting them to attend church on Sunday mornings. Yeah. That's, we've made it, we've, that's been our ex modern experience. But he was actually inviting his disciples to do what? To come and live with him mm -hmm. for, uh, for what they knew as forever. Yeah. Not only ended up, you know, for a few years, yeah. but as far as the disciples were concerned, they were going to be with Jesus forever. Yeah. Uh, and they weren't ever going to go back. Here's a challenging scripture for you out of Mark chapter 8. It says, when he called the people to himself and his disciples also, he said to them that whosoever desires to come after me, let him, <clears throat> let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Yeah. For whosoever, this is your favorite scripture here, for whosoever desires to save his scriptures. life <laughs> will lose it, but whoever loses his life <clears throat> for my sake, that yeah. would be that, you know, 100% in, I'm losing my life into the covenant, mm -hmm. uh, will save it. For what would it profit if he, uh, for a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul, yeah. you know? And so we take a look at that model that Jesus had, <clears throat> and we're, we're challenged with it because we're, we're entering this, you know, for my life, I was 28 and I had three children and I had, you know, life to look after and all these type of things to go on. How was I supposed to just up and pack my bag and, and go off with Jesus, as it were? Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot of challenge a lot of times for people who are joining LCSM because they want to do that. They want to say, I need this incubated environment, yeah. but how do I make all of life work? It's got, there's so many other factors that need to be brought into that equation. Um, and so I, I kind of would like to share this one point with you, and we referred to it as transformation momentum. Mm -hmm. uh, when I take a look at my life, I had the whiteboard up here, I would show you a roller coaster ride of Christianity. I'd start here and it was like this and 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 this. If you notice from my lines, half of my life was worse off than before I started. Because <laughs> at least in my own perception, I was way down here. Yeah, there were some high points and then there were some really low points. And this back and forth system of making ground and losing ground yeah. and making ground and losing ground yeah. and making, and it's, it's terrible experience. A lot of as what, and what happened later, as the curve started to get worse and worse and worse because it was actually stuff that happened in my own downtimes yeah. and my own inabilities because I'm trying to do this by myself. Yeah. We're, you know, and how do I figure all of these pieces out? You know, Tina and I struggling all the time to know how do we put all these pieces together? Instead of that, the model for LCSM is, you know, not that it's necessarily a smooth ride the whole time, but there's a lot of upward momentum of it like that. Yeah. And so that there's things that are going on in all of our lives as we're making this transition, but there's a whole group of people that are there. There's leaders, there's people who live the word of God yeah. in their own lives, yeah. not teach it out of a book somewhere, but they live these things in their own lives. There's teachers that are back there and, and principals and mentors and all of these kind of things that are involved in the process, as well as there are other people who yeah. are in the, they're students, interns yeah. that are in the journey as well. And through the cross-pollination that happens here, through the discipleship model and all of that, yeah. that they tend to, yes, have dips and valleys and all that for sure, but it tends to maintain this, this transformational momentum. And then what you're doing is you're not always falling way back and having to you know, work for three months to get back to where you were before. It's kind of like just little dips and valleys and you end up, because of that momentum, yeah. you end up making so much further of a Absolutely. journey 
yes. uh, in the same amount of time. Yeah. And so a lot of it then when you're praying for, if you're in it or you're praying for people in it, that you're praying for them to be able to have this, this you know, momentum experience yeah. where the difficulties or the challenges or whatever it is that they may be going through, that your prayers and your love for them or even your smiles on Sunday, whatever it would be, are those things that keep them on, a, on an upward focus, believing in them. Yeah, and I think like, that's one of the things that you notice a lot of the strength of the, pe- the Jewish people is that I, I, I thought it was just so amazing that everybody in every synagogue in the whole world, they all teach from the same passages of scripture like all the time. And so every day they are chewing on a different piece of scripture. And, but, but, but all on the same one. And so one of the things that you notice about there, and really I think that what makes their, what you're saying, transformational momentum so strong is that you, because they're all going on the same journey together, what you'll notice is, is that there will be people around just on the streets. Like you'll ride on a bus or you'll see people and they will be talking about what, the, their, what is happening in church at that moment. So they have this common connection. It's like this idea how the scripture says when iron sharpens iron. And being there gave me such a clear picture of that is that this has become a part of their culture because they're all going through the same scriptures and the same passage together now when, like for us, when we're on the street, if I don't know you, like my thing is I'm like, hey, how are you? And you're like, yeah, I'm good. How are you? And like, that's our connection. But when you have Jewish people and they are on the streets and they're going to connect what they connect around, get this, is the scripture that they know that this other person also knows. Their common ground that they live in isn't some platitude of, hey, how are you? Their most common ground is that I know that every person around me is focused on this scripture exactly the same way that I am. And so they're constantly interchanging the scripture and digging into the the scripture and talking about yeah. the scripture wow. so they literally live in a place of momentum <laughs> because even their most surface level conversations are surface level around uh, 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 what's happening in the scripture and this is the way that they are right this has literally become their identity that their identity is like that they want to be together. This is their, the concept of what they're doing is that they're more interested in building the nation. They're more interested in being together and uh. figuring things out together than they actually are apart. And they realize that, and, and this is the thing that they have such an amazing concept of that when that we, that, uh, how do I say this? That like, I am strong myself, but together we are stronger. And so you watch them is that they're always looking out for people and they're always helping people and they're encouraging people. And they've have this created this culture where they understand that, that like their job is to help to bring their brothers up. And so when they see somebody in a bad mood, they're not trying to enter the bad mood with somebody else. <laughs> when they see somebody in a bad mood, this is why like being in an incubated environment like the, like the like LCSM is so amazing is because when they find somebody in a bad mood, they realize that like there's this understanding that if I'm trying to go forward and you are trying to keep us where we are, that actually slows me down. And so they make their, literally their national identity is about keeping everybody strong and together because they understand like we're going forward together and because we're going forward together, we all need to be strong together. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. And so then the final piece then before we let you go today is that, sorry, uh, what's that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So final piece, both of us talk fast. Yes. Uh, Is that we, we go for his plan. Yes. Right, knowing that there is a divine plan, that God is focused on that divine plan, yes. and that we become focused on that same divine plan. Yes. <clears throat> I know I, the, the words that I had that came to me when I was putting these notes together was, the right process is ready, aim, fire. Yeah. But I tell you, North American Christians, they go like this, fire. 
the, you know, the, they come in, they pray a prayer one day, and out they go, and they're ready, and they're going to go change the world, and they're going to, and all of, because it's just the system is different for us. Yeah. When you're dealing with, uh, you know, LCSM, we realize that ready, if you're even taking the shooting gun scenario, ready takes a long time. Yeah. Then aim doesn't take as long as that, but it still takes a fairly am- a good amount of time to yeah. get your aim and to do all the little things that they do. Yeah. And then fire is instant. Yeah. <clears throat> and so LCSM is really focused on the same thing. Yeah. That going after God's plan, if you're saying, God, I want to do that, then he knows he has to be dealing with all the internal structures first. Yeah. He's got to deal with character first. Yeah. Not just character and you need to be a good person, but you need the, the word of God becomes now that, that pillar in your life to know if you're going to do the impossible, which is everybody's destiny, BTW. Yeah. It, is the, the, it is necessary before you set off on that journey to, for, to give God that opportunity to be able to do the resetting of the things that are in your heart. Yeah. Then when you even get to the aim part, when God says, okay, this is where you're going. Yeah. Okay, there's also a lot that you have to do to make sure that you know what it is that God is asking you to do. Yeah. And so then, and then, and then finally the piece is, okay, now go. Yeah. But when you go where we've seen, you know, problems in the North American expression of this is that, you know, people start well, you know, don't super finish well because this process is not part of their reality. Yeah. Whereas I know for our desire, first of all, for people that, are, that we love and care about, but also I know that I know a little bit about the, the nation of Israel. And so they do all of this stuff in the background when it comes to training their children and building them and building character and building yeah. work ethic and building an expectancy and all of these type of things that become now not just as a nuclear family yeah they're doing this as a nation yeah and and like it was amazing one of the stories and this is the last thing i'm going to say but one of the stories that you hear about them is that in all the years that they were scattered right because we know that they spent a significant portion of their story scattered like they had no land they were Jewish people, but they had no homeland. And so they were like the Jewish people in Ethiopia and the Jewish people in, you know, what, all the Russia, different spots, Russia, wherever, all the different places of the whole world. But they, they were so, like what you're saying, they were so focused on the plan of God for their life, okay, that apart from everything else that was happening in life, this blew up, my bad. Very cool. Just can't, just, just can't handle my fire. That's it. So the thing is, is that they were so amazingly focused on the plan of God for their life, okay, that no matter where they were in the midst of their story, they every single, like, day of their life, and, and this is one of the things, is that one of the things, because they spent so long outside of their promised land, but they knew that God's plan for them was to be in the promised land. So one of the things that they would do is like they're they're at the end of every prayer, at the end of like meeting somebody, like we would say, see you later. And what they would say is next year in Jerusalem. Okay. And so this was the thing and gave you, I'm sure that you, they still say this. And so you probably say it as a salutation still until we meet again. Yes. And so this is, this is a part of their, had become a part of their culture that their life and their lifestyle was all around stepping into and being inside of the story that God had for them. Like their entire awareness, and I think that sometimes we could do that, is we could want to be in, in the story that God has for us, but sometimes we could get, like you're saying, so caught up in our life and all these other things, but they're the power and the strength that attach them is that at the end of every breath, at the end of every day, at the end of every prayer, what they were saying was it doesn't like, yes, there's things that are happening around us, but at the end of the prayer, it's like, wait a minute, let me get myself back focused on the fact of what is God saying? Let me get myself back focused on what is God doing? What has God promised us? And so this is what they would say for years. And then it was like, we're talking about hundreds of years that they would say next year in Jerusalem, next year in Jerusalem. And then they talk about these amazing stories about like one day, like there was a period of time where then they were saying next year in Jerusalem. And then actually it was next year in Jerusalem. We're like, let me just say like, God is so amazing. This is my last story, actually. My last story for now. It's actually you. This is the thing. It was, oh, oh. 
this was the story that was so amazing. And this is the last thing I'm going to say, I promise. Is that they, like, there's a scripture that basically says, like, on the wings of eagles, okay? And this is what they would pray, that, like, on the wings of eagles, they're going to be taken and ushered into their promised land, okay? And this was the thing, and, like, they would always say this, but we're talking about, like, this was in, like, the 30s. And so there's, obviously, we know, like, there's not, like, giant eagles and things like that. And, but they still, like, stuck on the promise of God. And what was so amazing, okay, catch this. <laughs> so good. Because, like, it's amazing how sometimes we feel like the promises of God have to make sense. Okay, but they don't. <laughs> because, well, they do. <laughs> when you're living in like, oh, dang, like, that makes sense. Okay, they would always pray this, right? Like, on the wings of eagles, okay? And this is like, they're going to usher in. You know that when they finally, when, it, when, when the, the Israeli people were given back their nation, they, were, would be, they had to be picked up because they were literally scattered all over the world. And this is so amazing. Like, I feel like I can't even say it. They were, when the planes came to pick them up from all over the world, it was American Airlines planes came and picked them up. And the symbol, like, that was on the American Airlines plane was the eagle's wing. And you, like, I mean, more so than anything that it did for me, is you realize that God, he is a covenant-keeping God. And he gives us radical promises. And we talk about in church sometimes some, like, radical things, you know, like, Jess, what you said today just about, you know, God and, you know, never having to borrow. And we make some radical promises. But can you imagine that for, like, hundreds of years saying, you know, like, on the wings of eagles? <laughs> if that was me, I'd be like, this is so dumb, right? Like, obviously, we're not going to ride eagles to get into. But God is, God is literal, he is literal. Like when he says he wants to bless us, it's not like some figurative nature of God. He is a literal God. And when he speaks the promises that he wants to give to us, he's not giving us platitudes or he's not just giving us things that sound really good, but it's like on the wings of eagles, God gives us promises that he fully intends to keep. And that's why with LCSM, it's like, I love teaching there and I teach there as much as I possibly can because yes, for the students, but also for myself, because I want, I mean, being in Israel just solidified it even deeper in my heart that like alone, like I'm decently talented and that's cool. But man, when you're with God, and when you have God on your side, and when you are in a place where you understand the covenant of God and the nature of God and the desire of God, and all these things connect and meet on the inside of me, it makes me realize that, man, there is nothing better that I could give my time to than to give it to the study and the understanding, like as intense as I could possibly be, to be the person that God has asked me to be. Amen?